Well, hey, everybody, I'm Adam Shell, the pastor at Malvern Heights, and welcome to our sermon podcast. In this episode of our podcast, we are starting into a brand new series of sermons where we're talking about an issue that we all face, and that issue is busyness. That's right, we are all busy, and at times our lives can even feel chaotic and even a little overwhelming because of it. But you know what? God doesn't want our lives to feel that way. Instead, God wants us to find a rhythm for our lives that will help us to be at peace and to follow him. So in this series of sermons, we're going to be talking about how we can find a rhythm in three important areas in our lives, in our work, in our rest, and in our worship. And we'll learn how finding this rhythm can help us live the lives that God wants us to have. And oh, just so you know, I'm not going to be preaching any of the sermons in the series. Instead, one of our ministers on staff here at Melbourne Heights, Joe Nolan, is going to be preaching through the series. So let me turn it over to Joe and we'll get right into this episode's sermon. All right, so I have a hidden talent that I'm going to show you guys today. It's going to help me this morning with this new series we're starting called Rhythms. It's that I can juggle. So check this out. Ready? Ta-da! All right, there'll be a little bit more in a second. But over the next three weeks, we're going to be talking about rhythms of life and how we balance three important areas of our life, our work, our rest, and our worship. Now, I admit, I am not the best at this, and I am probably going to drop one at some point this morning, but that's okay. But I learned how to juggle back in college. I went to a, on a mission trip to Australia one year, and one of the guys from our juggling ministry at the university was actually part of our team. So he spent some time teaching myself and a few other students how to juggle. Uh, and we actually got to use that on the streets of Australia, and it was really cool. But now that I've teased you guys a little bit, uh, here I go. Hold on. There we go. All right. And all right. So yes, I can actually juggle for real. Um, but if you're wondering why I am kind of showing off, or in a second, probably going to make a fool of myself, but that's okay. Uh, it's because the first lesson I was ever taught in juggling is this, and it's that one of the most important things in juggling is creating rhythm. Now, as you can see, I've kind of found that rhythm here today, and what has happened is all the balls are going about the same height. My arms are sort of doing the same thing, but the rhythm is getting off a little bit. But that rhythm helps me anticipate where the balls are going to go. It makes it easier to do this. But if I start changing up the rhythm, it gets a little harder to hold on until I finally lose control. <laughs> I'm actually really surprised I did that well this morning, so yay. <laughs> but uh, when you change the pattern up, it, you uh, get to a point where you can't handle it and you lose control. And our life is like that as well. There's a rhythm that we have to find in what we do and how we do it. So today, we're going to be talking about one of those three things that I mentioned a minute ago, and that is uh, finding rhythm in our work. So let's talk about work today. I mean, we have to do it, don't we? We have to work to be able to earn a living so we can put food on our table, clothes on our back, and a roof over our head. But lately, since the pandemic began about 16 months ago, uh, work has become harder and harder to find. And as of May 21st, according to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, uh, the unemployment rate for our country is at 8.3%, with Kentucky being about half of that at 4.7%. So that means that out of the 331 million people who live in the U.S., almost 20 million of them are without jobs right now. Around 155,000 of them are right here in Kentucky. And what makes this even more sad is that there are many of those that are actually looking for jobs diligently and are unable to find them. 
And I bring that up today because the scripture that we're going to be looking at here in a minute may seem like that it's picking on those people a little bit, but I want to assure you this morning that it's not, and it's actually quite the opposite. So with that, let's talk about the scripture that we're going to be reading today. It actually comes from the book of 2 Thessalonians. It's the second letter that Paul writes to the church of Thessalonica, and in the passage that we're reading this morning, it deals with the idea of work and what that means in the larger context of being a Christian. Life in the Mediterranean world was not easy for people. They worked hard to make sure that their family could eat. It wasn't like today where we could run out to Kroger or Target or Meijer and pick up whatever food that we needed for today. And there weren't fast food restaurants on every corner that we could just go and visit like we can today. In fact, a lot of times, most towns didn't even have an inn or a tavern that people could come together to eat at either. Every family took care of themselves and those who were coming to visit them. The Thessalonians were no different. They worked the land, and if you refused to work back then, you really would go hungry. So today's scripture is going to look at Paul's teaching to those who are being a burden on the church and his appeal against them and their irresponsible behavior that is being exhibited by them. It's kind of ironic, really, that uh, in a world at the time that was persecuting this brand new church, their greatest danger actually wasn't from these outside forces, it was from members right inside their own church. And it wasn't the whole church that was misbehaving in Thessalonica, it was actually only a few members of the church that Paul is actually addressing here. And these members had become lazy and burdensome to the other members. So Paul is reminding the church that those who won't work with the others for the Lord need to be reminded that they should be joyful in their work. So let's look at today's scripture in 2 Thessalonians uh, chapter 3. We're going to be starting in verse 6, and here is what that says. And now, dear brothers and sisters, we give you this command in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Stay away from all believers who live idle lives and don't follow the tradition they received from us. For you know that you ought to imitate us. We were not idle when we were with you. We never accepted food from anyone without paying for it. We worked hard day and night so we would not be a burden to any of you. We certainly had the right to ask you to feed us, but we wanted to give you an example to follow. Even while we were with you, we gave you this command. Those unwilling to work will not get to eat. Yet we hear that some of you are living idle lives, refusing to work, and meddling in other people's business. We command such people and urge them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to settle down and work to earn their own living. As for the rest of you, dear brothers and sisters, never get tired of doing good. Take note of those who refuse to obey what we say in this letter. Stay away from them so that they will be ashamed. Don't think of them as enemies, but warn them as you would a brother or sister. See, Paul is setting up the example here, and he meant it when he said that if you don't work, you don't eat. But he also knows that work isn't everything in life, too. He knows that there is a balance and a rhythm to be had here, but that rhythm can be thrown off if we can't get the balance correct. Many of us are actually guilty of making work our entire life. We work on the clock and off the clock. And some of us don't even have a clock to work on, We just work ourselves into the ground for a company that may or may not even care for us. And letting work define our life, it it leads us to the danger of getting off balance. See, work is not who you are. It is simply what you do. You hear that again. Work is not who you are. It's simply something that you do. Many people in biblical times, they had jobs that they were specialized at, that they knew how to do, 
And often that's what they were called. So they were farmers, and they were blacksmiths, and they were tailors. But these were all just titles. And while they took pride in their work, they balanced their work with their life outside of that work they did. Work didn't completely define them as a person or as a people. They did what was necessary, and they left the rest for the next day. When they left the job in the, after, in the evening when the light went down, they truly left the job to be picked up for the next day. And unless you are a procrastinator like me, you can do the same thing too. But we all know that leaving work at work isn't, is easier said than it is done. And yeah, I'm actually guilty of this several times. Actually, one of the first times was um, when I worked for Holiday Inn Express before I became a youth minister. I was their front desk manager at the Holiday Inn Express in Elizabethtown. I'd actually transferred there from the one in Campbellsville to live closer to Elizabeth, my wife. Well, she wasn't my wife at the time, but uh, we were dating, and I wanted to be closer to her. And see, I really enjoyed this job. Uh, I worked hard to make sure that everyone got equal time off as I did the schedules for everybody. And I did, made sure that everything ran smoothly through the whole hotel. And I got to meet guests from all over the world, especially during Derby Week. They would come and stay down that far for cheaper rates, but they were really interesting people. I got to hang out with D.A.R.E. officers after their conference each year. They'd come down in our lobby to hang out and just play games and talk to me a lot. And I even got to hear music from an Alphorn, which, if you guys don't know what that is, it's that big long horn that's from those Ricola commercials. And it sounded really cool to be able to listen to that every year as this guest came in. But for two years, I never complained about anything at the hotel. I covered shifts when I needed to, and I even brought some of my knowledge from Campbellsville to E-Town to help them out a little bit, but also let the job take over my life. And it wasn't until Christmas Eve one year when I even realized that that was happening. See, I was sitting in my parents' living room that night, and I got a call from the hotel. My night shift guy had just walked in and quit. He literally left town. And as you probably imagine, I wasn't really too happy that I got that call. Now, I was not mad at this guy who had quit. He actually had very good reasons uh, of why he quit the job. Uh, but I wasn't happy because I got called in to work on Christmas Eve. I was with my family an hour away from the hotel, with the night shift starting in an hour and a half, and there was no one else that could do the work that needed to be done overnight. So I had to leave my parents' house at 9.30 p.m. at night, to drive an hour to get my uniform, to drive another half hour back to the hotel, to cover a shift that I wasn't even prepared for. I'd been up all day, I hadn't taken a nap at all, and so now I had to not only, not only had I been up all day, but now I had to stay up all through the night. Um, and it interrupted my time with my family on Christmas. And it was that night that I realized that I let the job define who I was. Well... It wasn't long after that that I actually parted ways with Holiday Inn, and on good terms, um, but I had to leave nonetheless, and I had to leave because I came to the realization that work should not control your life. Work should not control your life. The moment it does, you start to get out of balance, out of rhythm, and there were several nights where I drove home and had to pull over because I started crying, and yes, I'm big enough to admit that I, I cry from time to time but I cried because of how much stress had been put on me for that day that I was there at the hotel. And I knew that at that point, something had to change. See, life is about balance and rhythm. We work because it provides us uh, with the resources we need to live, but it shouldn't define who we are. 
we shouldn't let our work control our lives. So finding rhythm in our work means more than not letting it control your life. We also have to recognize that work can be so much more than just work. And if you have watched any of my devotionals, uh, Wednesday nights at 6 o'clock, by the way, um, you've heard me say this a few times, and here it is, is that you can worship where you work. Yes, you heard me correct. You can worship where you work. No matter your profession, no matter where you are, no matter what level you're working at, you can still work and be spreading the Word of God. You can still work and be furthering His kingdom. This is something that Paul shows us in the passage that we just read a few minutes ago. And Paul and his companions, they had come to Thessalonica to share the gospel with the people there. And they did that as they worked side by side with the Thessalonians. And Paul didn't have to do that. Back then, the rules of hospitality actually would uh, make the Thessalonians responsible for the well-being of Paul and his followers with them. And he could have come in and asked the people to take care of his needs and the others with them, and he would have been completely in the right to do so. But instead, he took on the jobs that needed to be done and earned his food and shelter while he was there. And he did it joyfully. Not begrudgingly or out of spite, but filled with joy. He taught the Thessalonians to do the same through his example that he set. Now, Paul isn't telling us that we shouldn't ask for help when we need it. We all need help sometimes. But Paul is saying is that you shouldn't depend on other people to do all the work for you, to take care of you all the time. You see, when we learn how to worship God in our work, we start to bring both worship and work closer together to be in a rhythm of being joyful in the work that we do. That's really what Paul was trying to teach all the churches that he wrote to. He wanted them to be joyful in the work and to do it with exuberant energy. In the fact, he, he writes something very similar in a letter to the Colossians. And we're going to look at that real quick. And starting in chapter 3, here's what that says. It says, whatever you do, do it enthusiastically as something done for the Lord, and not for men, knowing that you will receive the reward of an inheritance from the Lord. You serve the Lord Christ. Now, a couple of things that should be noted here real quick is that, yes, this particular passage is directed towards slaves, but the advice works for us all. And the other thing is that slaves in that time were not the slaves that we typically learn about. Actually, these slaves were probably very well taken care of and acted more of cheap labor for people back then uh, than they were actual slaves. They were fed and clothed, and they, uh, many of them even earned wages, and in some instances, they were even freed after so many years. So the slaves of uh, that time were basically the workforce of today. But the advice that we receive here is what is important. It doesn't matter if we're working our dream job, kind of like I am right now, really fun being up here, uh, or if you're in your first job flipping burgers or something along those lines. But um, <clears throat> we are all called to do our work, not for the bosses and the managers who oversee us, but for God. We don't always get to pick where we work, but we can always do that work joyfully. I also want to look and talk about the, those in the passage that we're actually told to stay away from the ones who refuse to work and would rather let everyone else do it for them and then be up in everybody else's business. There's a very important part at the end of the first passage that we read today that we need to look a little bit more closely at. And it's not going to be on the screen. I'm just going to remind you what it says. But it says, Don't think of them as enemies, but warn them as you would a brother or sister. You see, these are the people that would rather see what everyone else is doing and not do any of the work themselves. 
Paul calls them idle workers who refuse to do the work. They are the ones who pull us out of the balance of the rhythm of our work because they're always the ones making the job less enjoyable for one reason or another. But we're told not to exclude them because of that. We're told to exclude them to help them see the balance that we have in our work, to see us with others who are joyful in their work, to see the example that we're setting, and hopefully to follow that example as well. We aren't to exile them from our midst completely, but work to help them see the errors that they're making by making trouble in the workplace just because they're unhappy. We are to help them see our example of ignoring the bad stuff that gets us down and how we can be joyful in our work and the people that we interact with in that work. When I was at the hotel, my joy was in the people I got to meet, the guests that came in, and the relationships I got to build with them and the other staff members I worked with. My downfall there was when I let the complaints and all those extra shifts kind of ruin my joy in the work and make it control my life. When I lost that rhythm of being joyful in my work and I let that work take over my life, it kind of ended there for me. I still enjoyed meeting new people and getting to know guests that were interesting and unique, but I no longer enjoyed the work that I was doing. You see, our life has to have rhythm be in balance. Sometimes it takes us a long time to find it. Just kind of like it took me a long time to actually learn how to juggle and a long time to actually practice to get as good as I did today. Um, But once we do find that rhythm, it's also still hard to maintain. It's always shifting, always changing. But we keep making the adjustments and we keep pushing forward to try to keep ourselves in rhythm. And to find that balance, we first have to understand what it means to create rhythm in our life and make God the focus in all that we do, whether it's in our work or in our rest or in our worship. Pray. Father, we thank you for your presence here today. We ask you to help us to find our rhythm in our life so that our focus can be more on you. We know that work is important, but we also know that we can do our work and still be joyful knowing that you are with us. Continue filling us with that joy so that we can be a joy to others and remind us that while work is important, it should always be our focus. Thank you for the love and the joy and the passion you put into our lives. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, hey, it's Adam again, and I just want to thank you for tuning in to this episode of our sermon podcast. And I hope that today's episode has challenged you to find a rhythm when it comes to your work. Because your life is about so much more than just the job that you have. And your work doesn't define you. Instead, God defines you. So your work should be a place where you can worship God, where you can exalt God, where you can live out your faith in God. Now in our next episode, we're going to continue to talk about how we can find rhythm in another area in our lives. And that's in our rest. So we hope that you'll come back and join us when that next episode drops next Tuesday. As always, if you subscribe to our podcast, it'll be sent straight to your favorite podcasting app. And don't forget that you don't have to wait for an episode of this podcast to drop to join us for worship. You're invited to join us online every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. on our church website at mhbclouisville.com live. We would love to have you. Well, that's it for this episode. So until next time, I hope that you guys have a great week. I'll be praying for you, and we'll see you back here next Tuesday for another episode of our sermon podcast.